The GameCube is Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. You can help support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube is Cool to find our $1 and $5 a month tier. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $5 or above level for the month of May. I Rebel, Jem McKay, Dan Wagner, Kirsten Cardinal, and Jed Winters. The GameCube, GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. And that's why I don't trust anyone who doesn't eat double stuffed Oreos, Neil. Yeah, that should be the default. I think we've decided that years ago. Like, the Oreo Thins was a step backwards for humanity. <laughs> that uh, And that's going to be your upcoming podcast. Uh, Oreo Thins were not cool. That's uh, Neil's most hated enemy in the world. Any Thins food line I can't get behind at all. It's uh, it's not good. It's a step backwards for sure. But speaking of Thin, Neil, I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, this weekend, and I'd seen it probably almost 20 years ago. Which, one, dates me, and two, uh, definitely is very different watching it as an adult than it is watching it as a kid. You uh, got a lot of the the humor better, obviously, a lot more, a lot of of innuendos and a lot of stuff that probably would not fly today. It wouldn't, no. they made it. I watched that movie a couple weeks ago as well. Uh, I, I... Did you watch it because I watched it or you just watched it? You just stumbled across it on Disney Plus or something? Well, so I do like a movie thread kind of so that each movie that I watch, the one before has to relate to it some way. So Welcome to Marwin was what I watched before this one. And this relates to it somehow. Oh, Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis directed Welcome to Marwin. I was looking on his on his filmography and i realized probably one of the few ones that i hadn't seen or hadn't seen in a long time was who framed roger rabbit he obviously did back to the future and those movies uh forrest gump i think as well i had wanted to re-watch roger rabbit for a long long time and i saw it was on disney plus put it on and it's it's so different from what was out like then and now honestly yes yeah i don't think that that movie could ever be made again because in that movie you have scenes with mickey mouse and bugs bunny in the same screen and daffy duck and donald duck playing piano the piano off is is so good and there's characters you know cartoon characters smoking cigarettes with guns betty boop is in it Uh, woody woodpecker's in it uh but just seeing like characters i love the um they're they're not what are they weasels the weasel gang like the kind of mobsters they're weasels i love the scene when they're going around spoilers for who framed roger rabbit um but uh i love the part like when they're going around the apartment building with the guns in their hands and the guns are real but the characters are obviously not because they're cartoon characters in the real world (laughs) yeah and like they they puppeted that they basically puppeteered you know things moving on screen without anything actually there and then they added the cartoons later that scene is really well done just considering that there's only one person in in the frame the entire time, it's just yeah. uh, the the main character. I forget his name now, but the main detective guy mm-hmm. um, holding Roger in the in the sink is a really clever scene. But Valiant, it, yes, exactly. And that movie came out in the early '90s or late late eighty eight. Eighty eight. Okay, so right. this is actually right before The Little Mermaid, which kind of launched Disney's renaissance. But they got the money for Little Mermaid from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Correct. And so this was a big gamble for them. Disney was, you know, kind of tanking at this point. Disney was not the behemoth that it was, that it is today. No. And I, the first thing I did after the movie was over, I looked up, how did Disney get all, like Bugs Bunny, all these Warner cartoon characters? Right. Because today that obviously could never, ever happen. No. 
And uh, they weren't even licensed. They were actually just lent to Disney to Jeez. use in this movie uh, on one condition. And that condition was that the Disney characters could never be superior to the Warner characters, which is why you have that scene with Daffy Duck and Donald Duck where they're dueling pianos and fighting each other. Right. And they're trading insults off to each other. One never has the upper hand. Mm. And the same thing with the Bugs Bunny and the Mickey Mouse scene where they're kind of skydiving, right? They're, yes. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're almost friends, like they're equals. And it, it is in, it incredibly well done. And it takes place in the 40s, right? Like they're filming Fantasia at the same time. It's very clever, the whole plot. I was waiting for Scooby-Doo to show up, of course, but there's no Hanna-Barbera characters in it at all, if I remember correctly. That's right. There's, there's a bunch of ones that they couldn't get, but they got mm. the Warner ones, which again is just insane if, you, if that were to happen today. Yeah, definitely. And it probably did also make way for movies like Space Jam and uh, Looney Tunes back in action. And then later on, we have like the Scooby-Doo live action movies. But Who Framed Roger Rabbit is pound for pound probably the best. Like, I mean, Space Jam is definitely up there, but that's more of a people in a cartoon world movie. Yeah. Uh, but Who Framed Roger Rabbit is definitely up there for being the best cartoon spliced with real life. Pretty uh, unbelievable movie. that it came out then. Yeah, and, and the plot is really good too. Like the story yes. is well written. Like it's it's basically like a film noir. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be kind of a parody of film noirs as well. It's it's funny if you actually look on it at Disney Plus, it has like six genres that are, that are on there as tags. <laughs> yeah. It's comedy, drama, a parody, noir, cartoon. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can definitely see that. It gets kind of terrifying towards the end though because uh, I don't you watched the, it to the very end, but the scene where the the main try not to spoil too much but the main bad guy in the game in the in the game main bad guy in the movie he's got those cartoon eyes yeah and that was a weird choice for like a final fight scene i actually that part i remembered that was one of the few parts i remembered that and all the jessica rabbits uh scenes, obviously <laughs> is she a rabbit she never has ears this is i need to know as a kid i thought that she was a rabbit too and i, I was like why doesn't she have ears right and of course She's not actually a rabbit. She's just a human cartoon that's married to a rabbit. So it's just right. his last name. That's right. Yeah, she's actually a human <laughs> with... Yeah, the entire time I was waiting for her ears to pop up at the end or something because you easily get confused with her and like Lola Bunny from Space yes. Jam, who, of course, all the furries love. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I just wanted to bring up that I watched that and that it is a landmark of cinema and just, you know everything in general so uh definitely check that out and I'll pr we'll probably talk about it again when we do the looney tunes uh episode in a couple months actually in like a month and a half for space jam we'll be doing that we'll find a way to bring it up again what's the next movie on your uh, film thread do you know i don't remember oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll I'm have to sorry. tune in next week to find out what mike watches this week that's right My mike i need your opinion on something before we get into the main topic of the show uh i was going out for a run the other day and uh now, you and I, we love to play the game when we go to stores where now in here in Canada, we have Canadian Tire, which is kind of like a catch all store for sporting goods and home, somewhat home improvements, gardening, et cetera. And there's always people walking out with bikes because you, mm. it's the main place where Canadians buy their bikes. And uh, the fun thing is to always guess, you know, did that guy pay for his bike as they're leaving the store, right? <laughs> because you can easily walk out of a Canadian tire with a bike and everyone think, oh, he, he paid for it, you know, yeah. like a canoe. Like you could just walk out with anything and assume, oh, this guy, he probably paid for it. It's fun to just try and guess, you know, did they pay for it sort of thing or is mm -hmm. it theirs? Uh, and so something kind of related. I was going for a run the other day through my neighborhood. And I live uh, like all along a bit of a trail behind my house. So like all the houses sort of connect by this sort of park behind the house and a trail and everything. And I was walking or I was running and I saw this guy and he was carrying a garden hose with like the attachment with the wall, you know, like, okay. you know, like what the garden hose like loops around. Yeah. That like basically gets screwed into the wall and never moves anywhere. He was, he was carrying that. <laughs> 
Do you think that was stolen? Should I have stopped? <laughs> I mean, if, if, if it was stolen, I feel like it was a crime of passion, you know? Oh, yeah. He's getting back an ex-lover or something. Uh, and he's like, you know what? I'm not going to let her uh, <laughs> water her, her flowers. That would be the biggest That would be the biggest piss off, I think, is if you go out into your garden, anything else could have been stolen, like a barbecue. Like, you can understand, like a table, like just something. But someone steals the garden hose and the thing that's attached to the wall that you have to wrap it around. That's just the biggest pain. Yeah, hey, I got to say, well done. Well done on that theft, Ben. Definitely. I mean, I didn't stop because I, I'd assumed, like, that's probably his. <laughs> oh, is it, though? Because uh, why would you be... Ca- yeah, why, where are you taking it? Are you taking it to the hose maintenance store? No, we don't have one of those around <laughs> us, that's for sure. <laughs> the local hose emporium? Maybe someone bought it off him on eBay and he was taking it over <laughs> to the Canada Post to ship it. Or maybe it was a Kijiji transaction. Oh, maybe. Maybe. That that guy's getting very... That, that could be it. If I end up seeing this man again, I'll let you know yeah. what he was doing with the hose. Uh, I do have to say one more thing before we move on to the main topic here, Neil, and it's uh, it's from a friend of the show, Matt German. Uh, he's a, a good buddy of mine. We work together, and I'm sure he'll be on the show eventually, but he had uh, a really funny thing to say about podcasting in general. Mm. Podcasts are like babies. Just because they're easy to make doesn't mean you should have one. Wow. That's a good, that's a good slogan. <laughs> Did he come up with that or is that like... He did. He did. He came up with that and he said, please credit me uh, when you use that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Yeah, it is a great point. It's very true. It, it, it's true. Yeah. Just because you have opinions or anything else doesn't mean you should have them or yep. at least uh, make them vocalized. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, let's uh, let, let's uh, not make a baby today, but I say we, uh, we put out another podcast into the world. What do you think? I like that. Let's keep it going. All right, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 48 of the GameCube Was Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet, and we're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. Visit thegamecubewascool.com to check out all the things we've been working on. The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane. That's me. That's you. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon.com. We are the GameCube was cool. Every dollar helps us grow the show, uh, but supporters at the $5 or above level get their names read in the credits at the beginning of the show and the option to submit an opening topic. Last week, we covered the Dragon Ball Z fighting games and as well as a bunch of other fighting games like Naruto and Zatch Bell. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. And this week, we are covering Kirby Air Ride and other Kirby games in general. Going to look back on the franchise, our history with the little pink ball, so, Mike, let's get into it. Let's talk about Kirby. Let's talk about Kirby. My favorite little pink ball. Definitely my main in Smash since day one, since I got, uh, since I played Smash N64. I've been playing Kirby nonstop, and that's how I got into Kirby. I did not know about him before that. I mean, obviously, I was pretty pretty little when i first sure. played smash so <laughs> but after i played him and and liked him and liked his moveset and obviously he was very uh heavily favored in the n64 version of smash as we all know but because i played him a lot i wanted to check out some of the games so i played uh some kirby games on the game boy color and game boy advance so my experience with kirby has been mostly a handheld experience sure. and i think that's true for a lot of people mm-hmm. there haven't been that many mainline releases in the the home console arena and i find critically the handheld ones often perform better yes no you're right and he was uh he started on handheld too the first kirby game was 1992 on the game boy uh kirby's dreamland that was the uh the first game we saw the little pink ball as you referred to him as and you're right there are definitely more handheld kirby games than console kirby games most consoles since the uh, since the, the NES actually has one 
mainline Kirby game on average, one Kirby game, and then the handheld that kind of accompanies it with that generation has at least two, sometimes five or six. Like I think the 3DS has like four or five Kirby games. It's wild. And then there's been remakes and and collections and whatnot over the years. Now, Mike, you said he's your favorite pink ball. There's not much competition. I mean, there's Jigglypuff, uh, <laughs> Majambu. Majambu. <laughs> oh, I mean, I do like Majambu. Oh, yes. The games that I did play were actually Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland, Kirby's okay. Dreamland, and Kirby's Adventure. Those are the gotcha. those are the three games that I remember playing uh, as a kid. Because okay. I, I played Kirby's Dreamland on the Game Boy Color. Nice. Okay. Yeah. No. The right away, like Kirby had a really good start on Game Boy, and I I know my friend Matt. He loves. I think it's Kirby Squeak Squad on DS. So like everybody has a little memory with a Kirby game or lots of Kirby games. Uh, I I've only really played the game we're going to talk about today, Kirby Air Ride. I've played Kirby's Epic Yarn. I played that one. It's a very pretty popular Wii game. Mm-hmm. I played the 3DS version a few years ago. Picked that one up uh, towards the end of the 3DS's life cycle. But other than that, I sort of missed out on most of the Kirby games. Now, there are a ton of them. I think there's about 30 Kirby games now. Like, there's a lot. Yeah, there's about 30 in total. And Kirby as a franchise, Neil, has uh, sold quite well, obviously, with all those games. It has sold 38.8 million worldwide. And it is in the top 50 of video game franchises, which is, you know, pretty good. It's between Medal of Honor and Fallout. So if you want to think oh. of it that way, it's, it's pretty... <laughs> Very different. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, uh, and also, well, actually, Harry Potter and Medal of Honor are tied for video games. So it's between oh. those two and then Fallout uh, coming in. I think Kirby's 42nd on the list. Now, that that does sound impressive when you put Kirby up there with Medal of Honor, a game that you and I both love, as we talked about in one of our earlier episodes. And Fallout, a Bethesda game, is huge in the video game world. You know, there's a lot of Fallout fans around the world. But with 30, about 30 games in the franchise or so, selling about 38 million units worldwide, that means that each game has sold 1 to 1.5 million on average. Yep. Yep. That's it's not great when you do the math. Like, it, of course, it's going to get into the best-selling video game franchises of all time if it has that many uh, <laughs> variations and iterations and and everything. So, like, it, it kind of has flooded the market in the last twenty nine years. That's the same with that Total War, which is on here right below Fallout, um, right? And, and which is the same thing. We had a Total War game, Total War Spartan or whatever Spartan Total War mm-hmm. uh, on the on the GameCube. And like we said on that episode, there have been tons of Total War games, and same with Kirby. There has been so many but it's uh yeah it's kind of somewhat surprising that he sold only 38 million 38.8 million considering that kirby the the icon the character is huge is absolutely huge especially in asia yeah i think i think it's one of these uh situations where the character kirby is far bigger than than the franchise a bit like we talk about earthbound i think ness is bigger than earthbound like more people know who ness is than have played earthbound and i I could even argue that with sonic you know in the same especially nowadays you know not not when the genesis was out but more people know who sonic is rather than uh people who've actually played the games for sure. And we talked about this on our Metroid episode as well, how more people are definitely looking forward to Metroid Prime 3 than or Metroid Prime 4 who have played Metroid games. Like Metroid, you'd think, is like the biggest game in Nintendo's back catalog, but it's not. No. It's mm-hmm. it's actually one of the lower ones. And Kirby, I mean, selling 38 million units worldwide is, is pretty good. But I mean, when it has 30 versions of the game out there, and they're all different, like there's Kirby platformers, Kirby racers, Kirby fighters, uh, pinball games. Like it do, he does 
get kind of bounced around, no pun intended, into <laughs> different uh, video game genres because he's so malleable in that he can be put into those situations. All the games are for kids at the end of the day. Uh, the first game came out really strong. It sold 5 million copies too. So when you look at the pie chart of all the Kirby games, that first game takes up the majority of it. Yeah, and I actually have experience with Return to Dreamland. I played that uh, in college uh, in my dorm room, and um, we're actually going to talk about that a little later on because friend of the show Jake, who will be joining us to talk about Kirby, has uh, we can we can share a funny story about our our times in the dorm playing that. <laughs> nice, sweet. I can't wait to hear that. I love that story. <laughs> Good franchise. I mean, we we love Kirby. We love the character. You're a huge Kirby player in Smash Bros. That's again how we you you found him. And uh, whenever we play Smash Bros, it's always me as Yoshi and you as Kirby. So he's so uh, cute. Let's, Look at uh, the guy. He, oh, he's adorable. <laughs> How can you not love him? What's funny is that he, his character design was actually a placeholder for the original Kirby game, and they they thought we'll make the the actual character later, and uh, they never did. They just kept that one in, and that's the character that we know now. So he's actually so his character design is the placeholder concept for the original game, which they just mm, kept. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. It's really cool. And Mike, now one of the uh, main stereotypes of Kirby and his species, I suppose, is that he loves to eat. He loves those tomatoes that heal you. Mm-hmm. He also eats enemies and then absorbs their powers, of course, which is his kind main ability. Kind of messed ability. up, if you think about it. Very messed up. <laughs> <laughs> now, I thought it'd be kind of fun for this episode, for the listeners out there, disclaimer, if you don't like the sound of people eating, uh, skip ahead five minutes. <laughs> Because uh, that's a thing for some people. I thought it'd be kind of fun if, uh, Mike, we've both picked up three different foods each. And we're going to guess what the other person is eating. Let's do it. Let's do the Kirby eating contest, the inaugural Kirby eating contest here on the GameCube is Cool podcast. We are all about weird ASMR. <laughs> and Neil, if you don't mind, uh, I'm going to go first. Okay. Now, the point of this game is Mike is going to eat something. I don't know what it is. I have to guess what it is based on the sound of the crunch. The amount of times it take, or the amount of time it takes for him to to eat it, I suppose, mm-hmm. and maybe any hints that he could give me. So I don't know what Mike has there. He doesn't know what I have. So yeah, Mike, take it away. Mm. Okay, there's some crunch there. Now it sounds like it could be a cereal, but it also sounds. He's got a few there. Okay, he's got a couple. Could be a cracker. Mike's not a chip guy. If I know anything about Mike, I've always see I see Mike eating a lot of crackers, like. Like uh, saltines and Bretons and goldfish. So now I, I I know it can't be that. Is it a Dorito? I'm sorry. Oh, it man. was a pickle. Now it was one pickle or it was a whole pickle, obviously. Yeah, it was a whole pickle. Sliced pickle. Yeah. That was a good one. That's a, that's a loud food. I'm glad you picked that. Neither of us picked like, you didn't pick like a yogurt, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Just like, like tiny slurps. <laughs> it's a pudding cup. All right. All right. So now I'll go. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me help. Let's see if this works. Hang on. chippy sound almost it definitely sounds like a chip could possibly be goldfish but i don't it does sound you know what i think it's it's a premium plus cracker that's my uh that's my guess i'm sorry that's incorrect mike you were very close because it is square shaped it was a shreddy it was a shreddy oh very nicely done nicely done three shreddies exactly i will continue on that note then just think of that that hint there, Neil. Oh, okay, okay. That's the first one. Mm. It's quiet, but it's crunchy. It sounds small. He said it's on the same vein as what I was eating, which means it could be a cereal. I'm hoping it's also not shreddies, because Mike and I, we famously both love shreddies. Is it Cheerios? 
I'm sorry. Oh. It is honeycomb, actually. Oh, okay. Honeycomb. That's mm-hmm. a good cereal, too. Mm-hmm. Honeycomb. It sounded smaller than honeycomb. Yeah, it was... Interesting. I, I realized, actually, honeycomb, not as crunchy as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna divert a little bit now for to a different snack, I suppose. So it's not cereal, basically is the hint. It sounds like he has to chew it a bit afterwards. Could be a carrot. I'm liking carrot. I have, I have one more. You've said it. You've said it already. Ah, uh, but I said it already. Because I wanted to say Triscuit at first, but it's not that. It's we're moving away from that stuff. Is it goldfish? Yes. Yeah. Ding ding ding. Yeah, hey, you got it. Fantastic. That's one point for Mike. Oh, you're winning. I don't like that. <laughs> that was the goldfish cracker, the famous Petridge Farm. Pepperidge Pe- Farm. Thank you. Petridge Farm. I said. <laughs> All right. So you got one point for Mike for the goldfish cracker. Now Mike has one. You have one more food left. Last one. All right. Whoa. Dry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought it was gonna say it sounded leafy. All right, it's very dry. It sounds like hay. Are you eating hay? <laughs> Bran flakes? What are you eating? I can't finish the whole thing. Let's just say that. <laughs> you sound like a rabbit eating hay. Um, no, you've had enough cereal. I don't know if it's cereal. You wouldn't do that. Dry. Is it a premium plus cracker? It is not, unfortunately. Oh man, it's a rice cake. Oh, rice cake. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Is it a flavorless one? It is. <laughs> oh, my, my condolences. Oh, God. That, that's one of my favorite things. from. That's one of the best jokes from Family Guy is when he eats a rice cracker and he just, just practically dies. <laughs> I love this. This is actually really fun because you, you don't really like you have an idea of what things sound like, but you don't really. Well, it sounds different when you're eating it because in exactly. your head, you, you can hear your ears, you know, you can, your ears sound different. Like the sound it makes, whereas someone else eating it sounds completely different. Yeah. Plus, our, our microphones might not pick it up properly, but this was a fun segment. This was a fun segment, and thank you for sticking around and listening to us <laughs> eat food. It is uh, <laughs> clearly our favorite thing to do, and we just really wanted to embody Kirby on this very special day. So, Mike, let's jump into Kirby Air Ride now. What do you say? Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, Kirby Air Ride was released on October 13th, 2003. It's developed by HAL Laboratories. That uh, studio may sound familiar because they also developed Smash Bros. Melee, published by Nintendo. This is a GameCube exclusive. Uh, Prices starting at around $100 for that black label copy, Mike. So this is a pricey gamecube game now i will i will hold on to it for dear life uh, the copy thank you i lent you my yeah <laughs> yes i lent you my copy to, to prepare for this episode and uh yeah so it's getting pretty pricey uh even though it's not traditionally it doesn't review very well it's a five to seven out of ten so like very average mm-hmm. uh to low actually and all in all it sold 1.2 million copies on the gamecube that gives it a 5.5 attach rate and for a racing game on gamecube you know we had double dash and f-zero which are traditionally loved uh critically loved racing games now uh kirby is does not fall into that camp kirby air ride i honestly thought it was kirby's air ride up until this week so fun fact about that i also thought that too it is kirby's air ride in japan and pal territories but not in north america so that is why you do see both uh ways it's uh it's got it okay because Every time we've been talking about this game, I say Kirby's Air Ride, and then I was looking at the case this week while getting ready, and I was like, oh, it's just Kirby. 
I like Kirby's Air Ride better. I do too, because it's like an experience. It makes it sound like a ride or something. Yeah, where which it kind of is, right? Where Kirby Air Ride sounds like it's unfinished. It's like mm-hmm. Air Ride what? What's he? What's he riding? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. What is he riding? He's riding that little star. He's riding different vehicles. Now, right when you start up this game, first impressions are this is the same UI as Smash Bros. <laughs> Melee. Oh my god! I, I, exactly the same. Exactly the same. When I was playing yeah. it, I. I so full disclosure, actually, and I haven't said this yet, but I have never played Kirby Air Ride until uh, this week, Neil, until you lent me that wow. game. Yeah, you told me that because I was preparing for it. I might have played this game for three hours just to get ready. And I, I sent you the message like, yeah, you, you, you own this game, right? Like you're getting ready. And you said, no, I, I don't own it. So I had to get it over to you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, right when you started up, it's it's Smash Bros with the menu system. It feels a little bit more basic than Melee because there's not as much going on. But it's in the same game. sounds. That's what really does yeah. it for me. It's like the, the, the ding, ding, yeah. the, the, that, that clean Ching. the yeah. menu sound. I mean, when, if something works, you know, you don't have to fix it. And the menu system does work for this game pretty well. Like there's only three game modes in the entire game. You've got your records and like best times and settings. So there's not much else you need. Like there's no campaign in this game. So for, for that, it definitely fits. But yeah, like as soon as you start it up, it's like, oh, okay, this is definitely a Nintendo game and a Melee game, which makes sense because the game is directed by Masahiro Sakurai, mm-hmm. who directs Smash Bros, Fire Emblem, Kid Icarus, Kirby. So we owe a lot to him for most of the great Nintendo games that are still coming out to this day. He still works on Smash Bros. Not sure he slept since Melee came out. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so Mike, talk talk to me about just what, what are your top level impressions of this game from what you've played this week? Well, it's Melee. That's, <laughs> that's the first one. And it's <laughs> F-Zero's GX. It feels yeah. a lot like F-Zero. It definitely has that same feel to it. And I think that F-Zero came out around the same time, fall 2003 that it came out. So, And Double Dash also came out. So you have three of these very similar racing games all coming out at the same time. And mm-hmm. that's not a great look, in my opinion. Um, not sure why they... They were so dedicated to doing this, uh, especially making a Kirby Air Ride at this point. And the, the, the lowest sales... Well, I mean, it's not low sales necessarily. It was the 24th best-selling GameCube game. Yeah, so, not bad. Not bad. But this kind of shows us that the GameCube was definitely slipping at this point. You know, we talked earlier about how Wind Waker was the the high point, uh, you could say, or maybe the, the watershed moment for, for the GameCube in March of 2003. And now we're, you know, in the fall of 2003, and we've definitely seen quite a, a different feel, a different pace that, that mm-hmm. these games are coming out, uh, out on. So uh, yeah. my initial impressions of this game were that was that it was very fun. It was very easy to play. It was markedly easy because all you need is the A button or another button and the joystick. Uh, so right. it's very easy to just pick up and play. And playing Kirby himself on those levels was really fun. You know, I had a good time. It was very mm-hmm. fast. It felt like F-Zero, like I said before. But, but it felt yeah. like the game itself lacked a lot of substance. I can I can see that argument, and that is an argument that you read if you go on Metacritic or any of the review websites about this game, is that it, it does lack almost everything needed in a racing game. It has three modes uh, traditionally, which is the main kind of Grand Prix style where you just race around the track three times and that's it. Fastest player wins. There's sort of like an above, like a bird's eye view mode of racing, uh, which is okay. I don't really like that one. I think that's the worst one. And then there's like a city trial version where it's sort of like a battle arena battle mode, I guess, is the best way to describe it of the game, and uh, you sort of collect power-ups and then race after that. Uh, but you're right, like, th- there's not much to the actual meat of the game, which is 
racing and it is just you know your joystick and your a button to you don't even need to hold down the a button to move the a button is actually to brake and then sort of accelerate mm-hmm. uh, around turns which is a neat mechanic actually that I've never really seen since the closest thing I could think of is like drifting in Crash Team Racing or Mario Kart. It, it just it feels uh, actually like a better way to drift because so I don't use A when I play. I used R because I'm used oh. to using R for drifting and you can use R as the same way I use A. Right. I was very thankful for that because it, it allowed me to easily pick it up. I mean, yeah, it is easy to pick up the game and just play, but I, I, I honestly think that if you, the longer you play it, the harder the game gets, which is funny. Like mm-hmm. when you first pick it up, and I was, I was guilty of this too, where I've had this game for years and never really jumped into it because I did just play it a little bit once with, I think Dan or Brayden were over and, and we just played it to try it out and uh, didn't really like it because it wasn't Mario Kart or F-Zero. It didn't really yep. make a lot of sense. It was, the, the courses are all very short, but if you play the single player mode of the just the Grand Prix racing mode, there's a lot of challenge in it. Like each oh, yeah. mode, e- each mode has 120 challenges, which they're hard. Like you have to beat some of them in under a minute. Like you have to finish with a certain power up, or you have to, you know, finish the third, the second lap in last place and still win the race. So like, there's a ton of these extra challenges that can make the game actually very hard and i was rage quitting some nights like i was restarting races like which is actually very good if you need to just quit the race and restart it again it's instant which i love Yeah, it's very quick yeah Yeah, that's that's huge in a game like this like it reminded me of almost like super meat boy where you die and you start again instantly unlike a game like dark souls where when you die you have to wait for the game to load again which i hated but that that helped it a lot so the kirby games every kirby game has actually been criticized of being too easy and they are easy but there is a, a hard game behind that shell or behind that, I guess, sh- uh, aesthetic, that kid-like aesthetic yeah. where, yeah, it's an easy game. It's just an A button and a joystick. But if you want to have a challenge, it's definitely there. And I was struggling to get most of these challenges. I think when I lent you the game, Mike, it, I might have only had 20 or 30 of those challenges unlocked. And I gave you my memory card to be like, here, try and get some of the challenges. <laughs> yeah, if you can. I got some more. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And it feels good because you have like that little checklist that kind of just blows mm-hmm. up when you like, like melee. exactly like melee, where it kind of has like a little explosion when you, uh, when you get a, uh, when you unlock one of the, uh, the challenges and it feels like you're getting, you're building towards something, which is a total of 360 challenges, which is wild. When we started this podcast, I didn't like Kirby's Air Ride, and I'm, I'm slowly coming around on it, and I'm looking forward to talking about it more today with, with some of our guests. Um, so on that note, Mike, I think now's probably a good time to welcome our first guest onto the show. I think we should, yes, yes. And our first guest is going to be the infamous uh, Jake, friend of the show Jake. Last time he was on, had a very infamous story about what happened to his GameCube, uh, and it was due to a, yeah. um, a tough time on Kirby's Air Ride, we'll just say that. <laughs> but Jake, times. now that we have you here on the episode that's dedicated to the little pink ball, we want to ask you, what would, you, would Kirby become if he sucked you up? He would be completely naked, so he'd be the same as he as he is right now, except he'd have like a patch of disgusting chest hair, just like covering his body. That's a good look, I think. I can see I can see Kirby pulling that yeah. off. <laughs> Does he have any crumbs or anything in his chest hair? Yeah, there's probably some some assorted spices. There's like some uh, some dill. You can see some dill flakes just kind of lodged in there. Maybe some like Jamaican patty remnants. I mean, he, Kirby Kirby's a big fan of eating, and he'll eat anything, including spices. So. <laughs> Much like me. <laughs> oh, well, but anyways, Jake, let's kick this off. And obviously, this is Kirby Air Ride. Kirby's Air Ride as well. And I, we actually just found out that it is it is technically Kirby Air Ride in North America, but Kirby's Air Ride in Japan. So, I mean, we're probably going to yes. say both of them because this is how things go. But for Kirby Air Ride, 
Uh, you obviously played it back in the day. Tell us a little bit about your memories of that game. Yeah, Kirby Air Ride. Uh, what to say about this game? Uh, it, w- it was a beautiful mistake that no one asked for and no one really knew they wanted. And I'm not sure how it ever got greenlit. Uh, <laughs> but boy, am I glad it did. That is that is a perfect sentiment. I like that. Yeah, you know, Kirby Air Ride was... You know, for the single player, you know, it, it was quite scant on, on content, right? You had three modes. You had the Air Ride, uh, Top Ride, which nobody played ever, no. and City Trial, which was the game. Uh, and, you know, it was, in theory, this was supposed to be, you know, they're like, okay, Nintendo thought, Kirby Ride stars, people like racing games, you've had good success with Double Dash, and, you know, people love Mario Kart. Let's put Kirby on a cart, you know? <laughs> put some items in there, let's get him, put him on a cart, he goes quick, hey, <laughs> easy, easy money. And, and, they only, and they only had the a button that's all they needed that's hey <laughs> perfect there you go we don't need any buttons just trim it all we just need the a button so uh, you know it, it, predictably you know uh the game was not i wouldn't say it's an amazing game uh you know and single player content's quite scant uh it really only comes into its own when you play multiplayer mm-hmm. and it's local multiplayer right mm-hmm. um but man city trial is such a memorable mode mm-hmm that it sort of carries the legacy of the game by itself because the racing itself is completely forgettable. Yes. You know, I, I don't remember any of the stages. Mm. Uh, I probably couldn't name all the stars. I could probably name a few. I don't even remember if there was more characters than just Kirby. I think it was just different colors of Kirby. There's different colors of Kirby. You can unlock later Meta Knight and King DDD through other modes of play. Like That's right. DDD is unlocked by, I think, sucking up a thousand characters or destroying a thousand characters. And then you can't even use DDD in... In the game modes, you can only use them in free run, so which is weird. <laughs> yes, that's right. But yeah, you can only play as colored Kirby's in City Trial, Air Ride, and whatever I the don't top. Think you down. can even choose your colors too. No, which, uh, I think it's just it's just whatever player it's assigned to. I, I always played as Pink Kirby. I don't know why. I think it was because I was just, player one. That's yeah. true. That makes sense. Yeah. But I've seen Let's Plays on YouTube because I was trying to figure out how to get certain uh, challenges unlocked, and they were playing as Red Kirby. So I have no idea how that was happening. Hmm. But. Uh, I definitely see, Jake, what you're saying about how City Mode is definitely the game. I think the game should have been called Kirby City Mode because uh, <laughs> yeah, it definitely is the more, more fun game to play. Yeah, City Trial, sorry. Uh, Kirby City Trial. That would have been hilarious. The Air Ride is fun playing by yourself, but for me, because that's all I've had, I never really got a chance to play City Trial with people. But the Air, sure. Air Ride Mode is pretty fun to play by yourself if you're just going for the challenges, which are really addicting to get like the 120 challenges per mode 360 total it's like a huge checklist to uh to unbox everything and and get and um i don't know i found it pretty fun the, the courses are very short which is what i noticed is like unlike f-zero where they're unbelievably long and even Mar- right. mario kart some of them are pretty long these ones are very tight very short they only take about but very like forgettable like you said yeah just because they are so quick and there's so much going on that you, you don't really have a chance to really absorb any major moment from from either course like in in f-zero like there's no big blue or whatever and then in mario kart there's no like donkey kong barrel blasting you over the mountain (laughs) which is just really fun it's just kind of it's like a it's like a nightmarish car accident of a race and then it's over you know it's um yeah and somehow you win somehow you win like you don't know who on screen are other racers and who are characters you're supposed to suck up for powers uh it's definitely a bit of a mess and a bit zany in that sense it's a good first attempt at a kirby racing game i really wish that we they they would have made a sequel or sequels to this like i think that this game would be perfect for switch and i'm not just saying that like i just think with all of the challenges and and the multiplayer functionality i think that it it would be a really good game to play because the races are so short that you know the switch was meant to be picked up and played for short bursts 
on the train or on the bus, like a game like Kirby's Air Ride would be perfect for for something to play on the go. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And actually, now that you've said that, it makes me think even more. If like you know, we're talking about what ifs. What if they made an eight player version? of city trial mm-hmm. they made it it's its own standalone game and they released it on the nintendo switch eShop for like 15 bucks 20 bucks oh, it'd be fantastic. and it's and it's online and it's online well that that's where this game could have really sh- uh, uh, sean is is the fact that it's so good multiplayer wise for that for the city trials like it, it, if you had online capabilities and just pick up and play this for five minutes um yeah almost like mm-hmm. a you could i mean this sounds cliche but you could almost make this like a kirby battle royale yeah <laughs> like, i was just thinking the like, same honestly. thing honestly no, no, no. That's true. That's actually quite true. Yeah. It, it, it's funny that, that that's really what, if you really think about it, that's what City Trial was. Mm-hmm. It was Kirby Battle Royale yeah. Yeah. With, a, with a racing theme. Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> random. Like, you're just dropped in this city and, like, kind of surrounding areas with these random power-ups that landed on the on the course. And you had to collect as many of these power-ups as you could to sort of balance out your car and your abilities. And some of them actually hurt you. Like, it, it increased your weight, which was never good. And then you'd go out and battle or race based on your car's stats, which that would have been wild to have like a hundred people dropped on a map and you're just fighting crazy for like like the best power ups and, and whatever else and then dropped onto a course to race or something. Would have been hilarious. Wow. The game actually did ha- like was kind of really trying to be the best multiplayer experience it could have been. This was the first GameCube game that had LAN mode, like mm-hmm. a LAN console mode. You, okay. you could actually yeah, yeah. connect two to four GameCubes together. And then battle each other on your own GameCube console. Now you also had to had have four GameCubes and four copies available. of the game. <laughs> yeah, and four copies of the game. Yeah, so. and it's it, it still only featured two to four player multiplayer games. So like you couldn't play sixteen player multiplayer, which would have been insanely fun. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But they were trying to make this sort of like a like an advanced multiplayer experience, and not just hook up your console to the TV and that's it. People could connect GameCubes together to to play on their own TV screens, which. You know, with the Switch, just saying, it, it's possible. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of like, there's 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 some creativity in this game, right? And I think they, the developers, I'm not gonna fault them. I don't think they phoned it in, right? This was not a, a cash grab. I think that they really wanted to try something a little bit off the wall. Uh, and two out of three of those components didn't really stick. You had Top Ride, which just wasn't fun, and you had the Kirby, you had the Air Ride, which was kind of forgettable. And one of the three they lucked out and they hit it. Uh, so I, you know, the more you guys talk about having this like a hundred man version of battle royale, the more I'm like, that's such a good idea. It's such a good idea, and they could totally. Why has do no it. one done this? <laughs> now, Jake, for the actual menu system and the feel of the game, it definitely feels like another game, does it not? That sounds like <laughs> it was by HAL Laboratory, right? Correct. Yep, that's correct. <laughs> Potentially, could it be a Super Smash Brothers Melee? Yes, which is almost identical in terms of the UI and. My thoughts for it are that they use the this identical UI one to save time, but two to make Kirby edgy, you know, because Kirby before this, uh, all his games always have these very colorful menus, colorful icons everywhere. Er- everything's very happy, happy music. But here you sure. have basically the Smash Bros music. Uh, you have the Smash Bros like identity basically for everything. It looks the same. It feels the same. It's dark, dark tones everywhere. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think they were really trying to go for this edgy, mature Kirby with Kirby Air Ride. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that because I, I'm sure you guys have seen this, but like, have you ever compared uh, the box art for Kirby games released in the in Europe 
and in Japan <laughs> to the box art for Kirby games released in the United States. Well, isn't, isn't because doesn't Kirby look a bit more like angrier in the North American yes. versions? <laughs> yeah, he's never smiling. They draw on a frowny face and like angry eyebrows, just so Kirby looks edgier. So, hundred percent, Mike, I guarantee that's what they were going for. And Especially at this like, time, like Americans like uh, this, yeah. this. You know, GameCube was trying to be the mature console, right? It's it's mm-hmm. hard to put out a, a Kirby game, you know, uh, that's that's all smiley and happy. Like yeah, they're obviously going to try and make it look at least somewhat edgy but speaking of edginess uh one of my favorite edgy stories <laughs> as we can call it is oh, is no. when uh is when you were angry at this game jake and and what happened when you got angry at this game and why did you get angry at this game <laughs> listen listen okay when you play city trial as you know <laughs> there are the two legendary air ride machines that you have to you have to work quite hard to collect the pieces, mm-hmm. and those are Hydra, which is the go really fast machine, mm-hmm. and Dragoon, which is the fly really far machine. Right. And you know there was an honor code among bros, right? <laughs> like if one of you guys assembles high, you know, assembles one of these legendary machines, your friends don't come and destroy it. <laughs> it's like, all right, you got it. You went through the effort. You get to win the mini game because you got this crazy machine. That's it. That's the bro code. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And yet, I was stabbed in the back. You know, after spending so much time, I was I was chased down by a person who shall not be named, <laughs> who spent the entire duration of City Trial building up, like, weight and damage on their cart. Okay. And so, like, I think it was, like, 15 or 20 seconds before the City Trial ended, he slapped me out of my Hydra, <gasps> and my I had to do the minigame in, like, the default style. Oh, no! likes that one that's terrible no, and that's when and that's when the controller goes through the, t- the television screen <laughs> is that what happened maybe <laughs> allegedly jake yeah allegedly jake can't that's a, that's the allegation oh, wow. <laughs> it's really lost to the the sands of time you know oh, no. they tried to bring it to court but it couldn't prove anything so no they couldn't prove anything. <laughs> kirby didn't show up to court that day so he couldn't uh and got off <laughs> oh well that's yeah. that's yes so that's uh, a tragic end to that controller uh and that mm. and that screen yep. but kirby's air ride did not keep going after this jake it there is no uh sequel there is no mention of anything kirby air ride after this why why do you think that is well, the I guess it didn't sell well enough. Have we? Did you guys ever look at the sales figures? Yeah, it sold 1.2 million copies on GameCube, which sounds good. Like it, it's not yeah. bad. I mean, it's most the 24th games... best selling ga- game on GameCube. Yeah, that's actually not bad. Right, and we were talking okay. about Kirby games in general. There's 30 Kirby games approximately, which have sold on t- in total 38 million copies. So this game is right on average with what the other Kirby games sell. So sure, I sure. think it was also just the ratings. It rated in the low fives to low sevens. So it was critically yeah. panned for the most part. And I think that was the biggest issue was that critics didn't like it. I don't think even people that bought it played it very much. Like there's no community around Kirby's Air Ride. You never see it in Smash Bros, which is kind of the best way in 2021 to tell how popular a Nintendo franchise is. Yeah. It's based on how many characters are from that franchise. How many stages does it have? How many tracks does it have? Is there a trophy sure. based on it? Like, And there's not, like, not much, at least. I can't, I'm not going to say nothing. But Kirby's Air Ride DNA in current Nintendo games is almost non-existent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think it was ever made with the intention of like, all right, let's build a franchise out of Kirby Air Ride. No. It, I think it was like a pet project that someone handed off to, to HAL Laboratories mm-hmm. and someone really wanted to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. It just wouldn't make sense to continue it because the, the Nintendo space for racing games is already quite saturated, right? If you want to play a racing game, you'd play uh, Mario Kart to a lesser degree F-Zero. Mm-hmm. 
so I, I just think, yeah, they're like, well, we're not really going to devote resources to doing a Kirby thing. It doesn't really fit. You know, we've tried it. The results weren't great. So we'll leave mm-hmm. that to Mario Kart. And the interesting thing about that, too, is, you know, that I, I would agree with that. And I, I do agree with that. But what's interesting is that Kirby's Air Ride is the only Kirby game on the GameCube. In the six years that the GameCube existed, this was the only Kirby game uh, that came on. And it's for all the other consoles that have existed so far, there's always been at least one mainline Kirby game. Mm-hmm. But uh, the GameCube did not get that. And there's a couple of theories and reasons why that happened. Um, and the biggest thing is that Return to Dreamland, which was later released on the Wii for 2011, that was a GameCube game. Um, it just never got fully developed uh, to, right. I guess, what they want it to be. And it was in development hell for a long time, and it eventually got released for the Wii, late in the Wii's life cycle. Um, but it would have been really cool if we could have had a 2006 game, uh, which they were planning for, 2005-2006, of Return to Dreamland then. But I think a big part of it was that GameCube, by that time, was pretty much dead. Right. It would have been a, it would have been a neat multi-platform launch, I suppose. But I mean, they they did that with Twilight Princess already, so they probably didn't mm-hmm. want to do it. Also with Kirby, I think that when you kind of put out too many of those sort of cross-gen exclusives, it looks weird. So they have to just shift over to the Wii at that point. I'm just trying to find out how much that sold on Wii. Return to Dreamland, I mean. Mm-hmm. And Return to Dreamland, really fun game. Jake, you and I played that in uh, in college. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. We played in first year. Mm-hmm. We played and uh, and there was four. Uh, a friend of the show, Harrison, a friend of the show, Brian, were also playing. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, Jake, but there was one time we were all playing in our dorm, uh, and we were on the final boss of uh, Return to Dreamland. Uh, very tough. Uh, where okay. You basically are just mashing buttons <laughs> on the on like, Just like Air Ride. <laughs> just like Air Ride. Uh, except there's a few more buttons this time. Oh, uh, but, okay. Yeah, just... <laughs> but uh, we were... Uh, we had an exam that day for one of our classes. We had a midterm uh, exam and we were late because <laughs> we had to... We had to finish this boss. Uh, we had to finish this boss oh, off. Yeah. And our entire floor, were, they were all in our program. And so they were kind of looking at us. They're like, "You guys coming?" It's like, "Hold on, it's a second. <laughs> <laughs> we just, we just need to." Ah, uh, no regrets. <laughs> Absolutely no regrets on that one. <laughs> Priorities in it order. It didn't return to Dreamland, although it did review quite a bit better, like eights and nines for the most part. It sold just a little bit better than Air Ride. So, Interesting. Like another hundred thousand copies more, which and the Wii sold five times as many than the GameCube <laughs> did. So, relatively speaking, it did worse than the GameCube sales wise. Wow. Um, hmm. Even though it is critically a better game and is a more complete Kirby game, like you said, Air Ride is more of a spin-off game, which uh, GameCube never had, like that traditional 2D platforming Kirby experience, which N64 had one even, uh, Kirby and the Crystal Shard, which was, I think, re-released on Wii in that Kirby collection, which was a neat mm-hmm. little thing that they put out uh, for Wii, which did not include Air Ride, if I remember correctly. No, it did not. And again, because we just really haven't seen Air Ride pop its head up at all since then. Tragic. Tragic. Very tragic. <laughs> Very tragic indeed. But Jake, before we let you go, is there anything else you'd like to talk about for Kirby's Air Ride? For Kirby's Air Ride. Listen, guys. I just want to say this. If, if you go and play this game, right? It's I think the listeners, you probably won't get a lot out of it because, you know, you're not going to fund four other people to sit and play. It's also $100 today. <laughs> it's also $100. Like, yeah. <laughs> but if you, if, yep, if on that off chance you do play it, Respect the code, okay? <laughs> if your if your friend gets Hydra, if your friend gets Dragoon, don't touch it. Save your television. <laughs> Save the television. Thank you. That's Jake's uh, PSA. <laughs> Very good. 
protect. Hey, I'm I'm your TV. Go outside. <laughs> oh, I was watching House Hippo yesterday. Man, as if it's a show. Weird, you guys. About that. <laughs> it's a commercial. No, no, it should be a show. I was watching House. It Hippo should be a show. The House Hippo can sleep up to eighteen hours a day. It survives off of peanut butter crumbs and dry toast. <laughs> it makes the nest out of things you leave around the house. Everyone go home and look up House Hippo if you're not from Canada. Any Canadians will know what, what House Hippo is, but I'm assuming it was not in uh, North America. No, they missed out. Mm. <laughs> well, thank you, Jake, for coming on today and sharing your memories of Kirby Air Ride and Kirby just as a, as a little pink ball himself. And uh, I'm really glad that we're going to see Kirby with chest hair soon when your character gets released to Smash. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Double DLC review. There's not, a, there's not enough chest hair in Nintendo games. No, there's none. Does Simon Belmont have chest hair? Probably no, not. No, they're, oh, they're, they're perfectly shaved men. Very muscular. Very in shape. And then, of course, there's a Shulk, shirtless Shulk, who's basically a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, literally a 13-year-old boy. I don't know oh, is he literally? Shulk is, but... he's I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, he's Australian, so. I thought he was British. What? I don't know. Well, again, another thing we'll find out for you, I'll play Jake. Xenoblade. I'm not a nerd. Thank, thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Take All care, right. Jake. All right. See you guys. Bye. See ya. What a nice young man. What a nice young man. Thank you, Jake, for coming on today and sharing those hilarious stories. <laughs> man, I can't believe I love rage quit stories. As much as I like, I mean, video games, as much as they make us laugh and have fun with friends, they also do make you get insanely angry at certain things. I'm very sorry Jake's TV had to suffer the consequences of allegedly. his friends. Allegedly had to suffer the consequences of his friends' uh, ignorance towards the code, of course, of Kirby's Air Ride, which is in the manual. It's straight up there. It's uh, straight up it's in the manual. White. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. yep but un- unfortunately you know these people out there exist you know they're just trying to ruin games for everybody and uh jake was unfortunately a victim of one of those circumstances someone who i hope is not gonna ruin uh games for us uh and for anyone else out there is our friend the show zaffer who is coming on right now and zaffer we have a question for you to start this uh little segment off if kirby were to suck you up what would kirby become how anime would Kirby become? <laughs> he would definitely have a spiky afro <laughs> because you see my hair is very thick. But as a, of course, you have to add the anime flavor to it. So you got to have the spikes. You know, you can't have anime without spiky hair. So he would take that. And then the next thing he would take would be the glasses because I can't go anywhere without my glasses, mm. as I'm sure you have experienced firsthand. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've, we've seen you lose glasses before, too, in, uh, in one fateful day on a canoe. We don't speak about that, that, that mm. time. <laughs> oh, my mistake. In, in terms of powers, I think Kirby would take the ability to speak random, uncoordinated Japanese phrases. <laughs> I really like that one. That's a good one. <laughs> Neil, we haven't actually asked each other what, what uh, would happen if Kirby sucked us oh, up. What yeah, would happen true. if he sucked you up? Okay, that's a good question. Well, first of all, he would he would stretch up. Like, because Kirby's very small. Like, Kirby, traditionally, he looks like he's about a foot tall, two feet tall. He's a small boy. I'm six foot two and thin, so I think he would just stretch, first of all. He would triple in height and and one-third in thickness, so that would be terrifying. <laughs> Maybe with a slight beard, you know, a little bit of a, a beard and black hair. That would be the look of Kirby. Uh, but his skill, I feel like he would just, like, be baking cookies all day and, and muffins and stuff. Like, he would just be walking around with, like, a tray full of cookies, like, just, you know, brownies or whatever, just wherever he goes, he would just be throwing cookies at you because that's what I do. Wherever I go, I go to parties. I always bring, like, a, 
uh, a Christmas tin, typically, uh, of cookies. So I think that's what Kirby would do. He would just become a nice little baker. He'd just be throwing throwing cookies at you. And there is like a Kirby-esque character in in the Kirby world that is like a baker. He's got the big pot. And Kirby's, of course, his his final smash in Brawl uh, was uh, the, the pot. He yeah. put everyone in the pot. And, uh, oh, yeah. That's terrifying. And, and I'm, I remember, I don't know if you remember this, Neil, but whenever I was Kirby in Brawl, because I'm Kirby in, in every Smash game, uh, I, I, and I would get the final Smash, I'd be like, no, 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 only I can get the final Smash. We all know it's Kirby's final Smash. He's not going to kill you, okay? You're just going in the pot. You're just getting some damage. I'm just helping a nice everybody simmer. out. Just a yeah. nice simmer. So, so Mike, what, what would Kirby be like if he's, if he uh, sucked you in? I, I, he would also have glasses, like 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 Zaffir's Kirby, because I also can't see, and <laughs> and I think he he would he'd also be a little musical. He'd he'd play some instruments, uh, mm. um, you know. He would he would do his thing, and, uh, and but most of all, Kirby would be he's self employed. He'd start his own business, you know. <laughs> and, and and I would want Kirby to learn how to do taxes properly. You know, that's, ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so, so I hope he would suck suck that out of me that skill. How many amount of people can you suck up to to consider that a business expense? Yeah, how would you file that at the end of the year? Does, like, does you... Kirby have an RRSP? Does he have a retirement savings plan? <laughs> no. no. Does, he have, does no. he have any kind of savings plan at all? I think I think if Kirby would have sucked people up, it would be an, an immense liability. <laughs> <laughs> it's an expense. Kirby seems more like a Bitcoin kind of guy. He's putting all his money in, in cr- cryptocurrency. I think that's where Kirby's putting most of his money that he, in, he inherits from. He's got several relatives who are constantly passing away, and they just leave him <laughs> enormous amounts of money from their endeavors, business endeavors. And Kirby has no job, so he's uh, independently wealthy, Mr. Kirby. Yeah, he's he's very independently wealthy, just like King Dedede, too. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, Zaffir, we brought you on today to talk to us about uh, your memories of Kirby, the Kirby franchise. Specifically today, we're talking about Kirby's Air Ride. Mm-hmm. Why don't you let us know what your uh, what your history is with Kirby and where you got started with the, with the franchise and the character? Like many people of our age, I would believe, we started with Kirby on the N64 Kirby. I forget the name. Yeah, uh, K- Kirby and the Crystal Shards was like the first, yeah. was the only game on N64. Yeah, that was the one. And I don't know, I didn't think too much of it. I mean, as a kid, I just thought, oh, this is really cute. You know, it's really colorful. You know, you have this little fluff ball that just that just like turns into things. I loved it. It was so vibrant. And then like every Kirby game, you get to the final boss and your entire reality is shattered and you're not a human being anymore. You're just, you're just, you're just an empty shell of a person who got destroyed. Wow. <laughs> because... Um, because yeah, Sakurai loves to you know, put nightmares to the children. Yeah, the boss Apparently. fights in Kirby games are traditionally pretty good. Like the levels themselves are easy, but then especially the, boss the fights final are... boss. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we talked about a little earlier with uh, in Return to Dreamland, where uh, Jake, uh, me, Harrison, and Brian had to fight off. Uh, I I can't even remember what the final boss was, but it was hard, and we had to we had to mash those buttons pretty hard. All right, so <laughs> and Kirby games are always criticized for being too easy. Like oh, I can just you can just float over the entire level, and the characters kill themselves. <laughs> and this is just a baby's game but like, there are there are elements in all the Kirby games that are difficult like we talked about with air ride how like yeah it's an easy racing game but if you're looking for a challenge it's there same thing with the Kirby 2d games and the n64 game that, that Zaffir you played like there are difficult elements of the game if you try for the challenges but you can avoid them which is what the franchise is meant to be it's meant to be like a sort of like a kid's first platformer game unfortunately i mean i know that there are lots of adults out there that like kirby and that's great but it is definitely a game that like if you had a kid just getting into video games you'd definitely be comfortable saying here you go take this mm-hmm. kirby game the way kirby functions in, in terms of survivability always threw me off uh you know i grew up with mario and sonic 
you know, Sonic would get hit by something and then he'd explode out of rings and all the swagger would fly everywhere. And then if he got hit again, he would just, you know, collapse. And mm-hmm. with Mario, yeah, he he would shrink and collapse. But Kirby has a health bar. And mm-hmm. that was really weird to me. Um, like I'm just like, oh, yeah, if Kirby gets hit, he'll, like, lose his power. And if he has no power, he'll, he'll, he'll collapse. But no, he... He has, like, a legitimate HP bar, and that always... I don't know, I found that really strange. Am I the only one? No, that's actually a really good point, because you're right. Uh, a lot of Nintendo characters aren't nece- don't necessarily have the kind of health bar that Kirby has. I mean, Link has his, like, three hearts and, uh, and such, sure. so I guess... And Samus does, too. Samus has a health bar. But when you're talking about the 2D platformers from yeah. Nintendo's history, specifically, like, Mario and Wario and, and all of those guys, like... Even Yoshi, I'm trying to picture the Yoshi's Island. Doesn't I'm have a health right bar, now. I don't think. I don't, Does he not? I, don't, Does he, I think he just Yoshi's dies Island. if he falls off or something. But yeah, you're right, Zephyr. It is a little strange. That's a, that's a that's a super interesting point. I feel like it actually made me aware of Kirby's mortality. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I'm telling you, Sakurai's putting in these little you know breadcrumbs of elements that make you realize, whoa, Kirby's a Maybe I'm looking too much into the health bar, but no, no, no. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's a it's a fun little thing I like to think about sometimes. Mm-hmm. He's just so diverse in what what he can do. Like Kirby can swallow anything and take up their powers, and that makes the games fun and interesting. And and like you know, there's games where you play as multiple Kirby's, and you have like mini Kirby's, and then there's Kirby racing games and Kirby pinball. It's just he's just such a he's like a like a Swiss army knife of games that he can fit into. Cause he, he's just so he's bouncy, but he's also fluffy and he's also cute, but he's also aggressive. So he is kind of like the everyman's video game character, which is, which is really funny. Uh, one thing that a lot of people don't know is, uh, do you guys know how Kirby got his name? No, like the name no, Kirby. The name. I'm not Gorby. sure. Gorbo. Gorby. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a pretty neat piece of trivia. There is a, a lawyer who worked for Nintendo, uh, by the name of John Kirby, and uh, he's the name of the, the lawyer uh, in the case of Nintendo versus Universal in 1984 when uh, Nintendo came out with Donkey Kong, the Donkey Kong cabinets, and Universal owned the rights to King Kong. Yeah. They went to court against Nintendo to say that they were filing copyright infringement. And John Kirby was the lawyer that basically won the case that Donkey Kong was a completely new franchise. He wasn't invading on the rights of Kong. And I think Kong, the name Kong, is actually public domain. Oh. Uh, I, I believe that's how he won. Don't quote me on that. But either way, obviously, there's still Donkey Kong games today. So Universal did not win. And as sort of like a uh, an honor to this American lawyer, John Kirby, uh, they basically named the, the new franchise eight years later, Kirby uh, Return to Dr- Kirby Dreamland. They named the main character after him. Yeah. So that, that's where they got the name Kirby from. That's very cool. I did not know that. All right. So... Yeah. Kirby's now in a business suit. Okay, we're all we're all agree <laughs> with this. He's got a suitcase, a tie, and he's ready to prevent injustice in court. I love lawyer Kirby. We need Ace Attorney Kirby. Yes. I was gonna say <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, Ace Attorney with Kirby. Oh, jeez. Kirby just sucks up Phoenix. <laughs> so, so Zaffer, you you got your start on Kirby on the N sixty four. What are some of the other Kirby games that you've played? Like, what, what's probably if you had to pick? Because there's like thirty Kirby games. If you had to pick the best Kirby game that you've played, which one would you say? By far, without a doubt, the one on the Wii, Return to Dreamland. Yeah, that blew my mind because I've always been like a distant Kirby fan. I'm like, yeah, I like Kirby. I played sometimes here and there. And he would be, like, at arm's length, right? I wouldn't go out of my way and be like, oh, yeah, Kirby. But I would never dislike it. Like, you know, I'd have fun. Just some casual fun. Then my little brother, who's a much more devoted Kirby fan, got Return to Dreamland. 
and there was multiplayer. So I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. But once I got into it, I was so immersed and hooked. And even even the simple elements of the plot like threw me off because they they I, like I won't spoil it, but they do throw a twist at you, and I really like that twist. And it I feel like betrayed by the game, and I love that. Mm-hmm. I would recommend it to anyone. The multiplayer is the the cherry on top too. You know, like you get to play as other Kirby's or Waddle or Meta Knight, and and that like playing as Meta Knight was was such a such a dream come true. <laughs> You guys have now talked about Return to Dreamland. Mike and Jake talked about it before we had you on Zaffer, and now you're praising it too. I think I need to pick this game up. I actually don't own it. I It's really good. It sounds like it. Yeah, I think that would be a, a terrific game to pick up. I should probably try and track down a copy now. Damn. I, I, I would argue it's probably one of, if not the highest rated Kirby game other than Dreamland, like the original Dreamland, I would, I would, I would guess it's, yeah, it's such a fun game. If you want to pick up any Kirby game for console, I would definitely recommend Return to Dreamland, but there is another Kirby game for console. And it is of course, Kirby Air Ride, (laughs) the only GameCube Kirby edition. Um, And Zaffer, what are your thoughts about this very polarizing, interesting game? I, realized that the GameCube era for Nintendo was very experimental with their IPs because you have Kirby mm-hmm. racing, you have Luigi ghost busting, um, <laughs> like Mario on Double vacation. Dash, you know, even Double Dash is very different from any other Mario Kart game. Yeah, Mario Kart, you have pairs. It, it was very experimental. And I really like what Nintendo was trying to do with all of its franchises. Air Ride, I, I didn't know how to feel about it, but I liked it. Like it was like I like racing. I'm, I naturally just like racing. Um, you know, like I said, I don't have anything against Kirby. I like Kirby. So when combined together, um, I was like, oh, this is really cool. You know, because I grew up on Mario Kart, so it's it's not out of the realm of possibility for me to play, you know, racing games with familiar IPs. And I I never beat it because truthfully, I never owned it. Uh, I always played at friends' houses or or when game stores leave out like uh, a GameCube on display. And, and Kirby's Air Ride at at uh, I think it was EB Games or something yeah, was a uh, was one of the featured things there. I wish I got more intimately involved with it, but I do remember uh, it had like a, like a battle like thing with the bosses because Kirby you can't have a Kirby game without bosses, and it was less about mm-hmm. racing and more about like trying to collide into the boss. And yeah, <laughs> that's kind of violent when you think about it, but um. <laughs> Uh, and and you're so you're thinking a lot about city trial there which is the the battle kind of arena mode of um of kirby which earlier on in the episode we talked about how that's we think uh is is probably where the game shines the most really yeah there's there's three modes in the game there's air ride and then there's like a top-down racer and then there's city trial and if you look at the menu city trial is the last version of the game so when you start up the game you'd assume that air ride is the one that you're supposed to play and it, it was meant to be the focus like it's basically the mario kart grand prix of air ride and there's really not much to beat in the game like everything pretty much comes unlocked already there's one course to unlock and two or three characters if i'm if i'm correct mm-hmm. so really like and and like the the actual racing part itself is not very deep like it feels like a half finished game really it's supposed to be a very accessible racing game, and, and it is, but at the same time, it feels like that there's just not enough to keep you going back for more, except for these challenges that I keep talking about over and over again. There's there's 120 unlockable challenges to sort of collect and complete in the game, sort of to get the gold medal is to, uh, to, to beat everything in the game, which is very hard to do. So that's kind of where the challenge lies. Yeah, I would agree on that because it's it was really fun. I always played the, the solo part, but one thing I really liked about Kirby... 
uh, air ride is the environments because I never really knew, you know, what is Dreamland or like what is Kirby's world? You know, like give me the lore, you know. <laughs> I didn't have I need I need that dang Kirby lore and I didn't really, you know, they don't really explain it. They never really do. You just kind of wander through the environments and you kind of you kind of just take it for what it is at face value. Seeing mm. it through a racing perspective was kind of interesting. There is one map, Checkered Nights. Yes. It's it's a very surreal, beautiful like environment like Kirby, Kirby's Kirby's grinding on floating rails and it looks like yes. a night city but there's also floating blocks and and the architecture is is it's like it really is a dream like dreamland I feel finally yeah. finally feels this name when I see checkered nights and he kind of does live in like sort of like a fantasy world not like Mario's Mushroom Kingdom or Link's uh, Hyrule kind of fan, more of like a, fan, a high fantasy. This one feels more like a child's playroom kind of thing, or yeah, he is like from a, a kid's a kid's nice dream, I guess. And sometimes it turns into a nightmare uh, in certain Kirby <laughs> games, but it does feel like a dreamland. Like he is kind of like in an Alice in Wonderland world. I, I know the one you're talking about with the um, the grind rails. The game sort of the race sort of kind of transitions into almost like a Sonic game at times, where you're grinding <laughs> on these rails yeah. around the course, and it's really neat. It's it's a really fun element of the race that I loved. Um, yeah, the, the courses are pretty good, like all in all. Like there wasn't there aren't really any weak ones. I would say there's easier ones for sure, but none of them really feel like you know you can skip it or anything like that like i think sometimes racing games have the negative aspect of having too many courses i feel like this one has just enough and they look great you know the graphics like you said zaffer it looks really nice really crisp uh good for 2003 graphics on here for sure i'd, I'd argue it maybe even looks better than double dash uh, at times uh, in terms of just the environments and, and everything it, it feels very immersive but um at the end of the day this is just a Kirby spin-off game, you know, really. Uh, it's it's not a, not a full-fledged experience. There's no adventure mode, <laughs> uh, per se. But there were attempts to make a mainline Kirby game on the GameCube. One of those attempts ended up being Return to Dreamland, but another one ended up being what a lot of people online think was Brawl. Have you, guys, have you guys heard about this before? No. Wait, really? No, I, this is the first I've heard of it. Like Subspace Emissary? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So, the idea when when they were creating the, the these Kirby games for GameCube, there was going to be multiple, like there usually are in a lot of these systems. One of those, Return to Dreamland, eventually got put on Wii. But uh, the other one, the unnamed uh, Kirby game, I guess, that they were working on, a lot of people think uh, and theorize that it became a subspace em emissary in um in brawl and honestly it it makes a lot of sense people online they say uh, uh mainly due to how many unused kirby enemy related models there are compared to every other game series as well as how a lot of enemies that were original to the sse were also very similar to a lot of kirby enemies interesting it, that that could be true that makes a lot of sense now now that you say that that does feel like mm -hmm. a kirby game for sure in a smash bros skin basically it does yeah it's the yeah. same thing happened though for kirby air ride where kirby air ride is actually supposed to be an n64 game there was an n64 game announced in 1995 along with super mario 64 uh it was called kirby bowl 64 oh really and it was shown off yeah it was shown off in 1995 and it was meant to be like sort of a mix between marble madness and like the snowboarding skateboarding racing games of the time <laughs> 
And obviously we never got that. We got Kirby and the Crystal Shard on N64, and that game never really saw the light of day again uh, after that sort of demo that was released until 2003, where they sort of popped it up again as Kirby Air Ride for the GameCube. So that's kind of where that ended up. So it sounds like a lot of Kirby games, there's always probably ideas for Kirby games that just get put on hold or delayed and then they just put them to next consoles like it's just he's just such a malleable character to put into anything that it's easy to come up with ideas and then just wait until you need a game to put out definitely i guess my question to use after or my final question here where do you see kirby games going forward uh I, obviously we don't expect to see any kirby air ride anytime soon but for for you where, where do you where do you see kirby going forward and where would you like to see it uh, go forward i would love to see more return to dreamland-esque kirby games kirby is mm-hmm. it's very it's a very experimental ip like you have the epic yarn part of it you have like a fighting game-esque thing yep. to it as well and then you of course you have the air ride which is which was a one-time spinoff mm-hmm. so they're they're always trying to do new things but i really feel most comfortable with return to dreamland because it feels like a genuine side scroller platformer experience and it was very rich in its content and how like it was it was like the what kirby should be for me mm-hmm. you know yeah. not not all these weird spin-offs but the actual quintessence of platforming is that and i don't know i don't know why they haven't made more like mm-hmm. Yeah, and Star Allies was the most recent one that came out, but but that that's definitely less of a platformer, more of like a multiplayer, like fighting, uh, not fighting game, but like um adventure game that you go and like with a little team and you fight characters, uh, with a, some RPG elements oh, to it. But, yeah, yeah de- definitely not that same feel that um Dream- Return to Dreamland had. Yeah, I feel like Return to Dreamland really just took what was great about the Kirby games that were on handheld devices. Uh, and brought it to life on on a console, and I don't think we've seen that since. I think you're definitely right there, Zaffer. Yeah, and if you look at Kirby's Final Smash in the latest Smash game, it's mm-hmm. the Return to Dreamland, a giant sword. Yeah. Uh, so even Sakurai knows. <laughs> <laughs> Sakurai, come on. Yeah. I, I know that Sakurai actually has not wanted to be part of a lot of Kirby games since, I think maybe since Air Ride. You can correct me on this one, Neil. Yeah. But uh, he, he doesn't like the, the, the pressure from Nintendo to follow up Kirby uh, with, a, with constant sequels because uh, Kirby, more than any other IP for Nintendo, probably gets the most sequels and or the most games really out of them. Uh, you know, Mario probably has one game per console, if that, for mm-hmm. like in terms of a mainline. Same with Zelda. Same with well, Metroid. Not even really any. <laughs> but but it, Kirby definitely is the one that that seems like the most pressure to just pump up ga- pump out games. And Sakurai being someone who has to work on something like Smash, uh, I, I I feel like he does, just does not want to have a, a big part in it anymore, which is a little too bad. I'm looking at it right now, and after Air Ride, like the, uh, the director, it's not uh, Sakurai uh, for any yeah. of the... Nope, for any of the Game Boy Advance or DS ones. I'm just checking now. I want to check the most recent ones. Star Allies. I'd forgot that game even came out, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shinya Kumazaki was the director mm-hmm. on that one. And that was on Switch, of course. And that game sold very well, 3.15 million units. So that's pretty good for yeah. Kirby, which we see selling usually around a million units uh, for most of the games. So did pretty well on Switch. I didn't personally play that one. 
Um, but I, I feel kind of bad for uh, for Sakurai just thinking that you know he didn't want this franchise to become a sequelitis sort of game. And yeah, my God, did it did it? Ever- <laughs> yeah, when I look at all the Kirby games that are out, I'm like Robobot. No, that's so that's so far in the past. Now that I'm looking at the list, and there, it's completely overwhelming. No wonder I didn't you know catch on. You know, there was always a new game or yeah. before I could even breathe on the previous one. If you're a Kirby fan, I mean, it's the, one of the good franchises to be in because you're going to get a game every year or every other year. And for fans of a franchise, that's like, that's golden. Like, I'd be thrilled if there was a Pikmin game every year. But. <laughs> well, Neil, uh, those dreams are dashed. I had to wait twenty. I had to wait twenty-two years to get Pokemon Snap two. So here we are. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Zaffir, before we let you go, would you mind staying on while we read the back of the case for Kirby Air Ride? Oh, not at all. Yeah, I'd love to be here. And and I have the case, Neil. Do you mind if I uh, if I read it? Sure thing. But first, Victor, hit us with that sweet jingle. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. Prepare for fast and furious racing action. Can they see fast and furious on here? Uh, <laughs> as did. Kirby hits Warp Star speed, uh, Warp Star is in capitals there, not sure why. Um, use ultra simple controls to race and battle your pals in one of three hectic game modes. Kirby's ready to ride. That's it. A nice simple back. Wait, of the is that case. it? Really? Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, wow. Uh, I mean, there's little things here that are like copy uh, abilities, you know, just saying what to do. But uh, yeah, it's it's really funny because obviously the front of the case, very angry Kirby we have here, uh, looking very menacing uh, and edgy. American Kirby, yes. American Kirby, yes. <laughs> as well, Jake mentioned that too. Uh, and on the back, uh, we have happy go lucky Kirby with all his friends. Uh, and in the inside flap as well, on the actual manual, we have Happy Kirby riding a star, and in an like illustrated version. That's, that always threw me off. I wonder why they made him so angry. He's a cute puffball. I, I, I know it, it was it was definitely like Nintendo of America being like, no, no, he has to be more edgy. <laughs> yeah, he has to say yeah. People, people don't want to play games where everybody's you know happy go lucky and everything. That's why every, on every game in that time, like every character looked like they were at least. Not upset, but you know, determined and ready for action, ready to fight. A little aggressive. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't uh, give Kirby the ability to use. I mean, to outright use like AK-47, like a certain franchise. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's okay. He just they, Kirby just does his taxes. He's an independent <laughs> man, and he's a lawyer. He fights for what's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, on that note, thank you very much, Zephyr, for coming on today. We really appreciate yeah. your insight and stories of, of Kirby in general, and uh, we hope to see you again soon. As always, thanks for having me. Uh, take care, guys. I'll see you sometime in the future. Yep. Yeah, take care, man. Yeah, see you in person very soon. <laughs> see you. Bye. What a nice young man. What a nice young man. Thank you, Zephyr, for coming on and sharing some of your stories uh, today about uh, Kirby Air Ride and obviously just the Kirby series in general. I know Zaffir is, is a big fan of the MC, as we call him, the main character of Smash, as am, as am I. He is the main mm. character, Neil. I guess so. I mean, most people would think Mario would be the main character. But they Smash confirmed Bros, but... it in uh, in Ultimate in that with that, that oh. trailer. Hmm. Right? Okay. You know, That's when he's, very... Right? When he's... Uh, That's um, true. Everyone's everyone dies to Gleam, and he's except Kirby. Uh, except Kirby on his star, it's Air Ride. That's, That's right. Kirby's oh. Air Ride. <laughs> we solved it. We it solved does the still exist. Oh, it's it the has bat single to Jake. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Get him back on. 
it does have such great potential Kirby's Air Ride to be a good racing game. I think that it would be an interesting it's it's just like that kind of gap between Mario Kart and F-Zero where it's fast, it's frantic, but it's still kind of arcadey and goofy and you have power-ups where in F-Zero you don't have any power-ups. No. So it, it kind of does bridge that gap and it, it's not exactly the same as either. Like it is different enough that you're not just copying, you know, it wasn't another kart racer like, like you know, J- Jake said, you know, Nintendo has F-Zero and Mario and they were probably riding that wave of the 90s boom of kart racing games sure. where everything had to be a kart racer. We had Diddy <laughs> Kong and Crash. Adventure and, Motor Kart Racer. <laughs> that, that was, that was every, the, every franchise had to have those two things. If Kirby had a game and on the GameCube, it was either going to be a kart racer or an adventure game for sure. <laughs> and I mean, we saw how Star Fox Adventures turned up, but it's too bad. Um, but I mean, wh- where do you see, I mean, Kirby going forward, we're going to see Kirby games for forever, I think, on Nintendo. But let's talk about Air Ride specifically. Do you think that we'll ever see any, any I guess, revitalization of Air Ride, either as a remake or a sequel Maybe not on Switch, but in the future on another Nintendo console? So how I see it is definitely what Jake was saying before in terms of that I could see the City Trials part being a multiplayer battle royale, something. I can I can totally see that working. I think that would be amazing time for everyone and it would be really fun. And Nintendo has the resources to do it. But uh, in terms of Air Ride itself and like the, the racing aspect of Air Ride... I don't see it ever coming to a console, but I do see it coming to mobile um, on just like like a, like Super Mario Run or the Mario Kart Tour on mobile. I can totally see a Kirby uh, racing game on there. That would be, I guess, Kirby Air Ride mobile or something. I was going to say exactly the same thing, that Kirby Air Ride on console makes no sense. I think the City Trials does make sense on console, yeah. but Air Ride is, is a game where Kirby doesn't control himself in the game, but you could have a, a game on phone where the character is moving on its own on the track and you're just tapping the screen to make him boost through the turns yeah. or, or over jumps or, you know, slicing enemies and, and whatnot. So it would be a perfect mobile game to play. Considering that phone. you only need two controls anyways, you only need a joystick and a, a button, right? So and you can, t- you can take away the joystick and just make Kirby control himself on the screen. Like in Mario run yeah. where it's an automatic runner, you can do air ride where he's an automatic, I guess, driver. Yeah. So it would be, a, it would definitely translate well to, to phones. I just think that, the, the air ride name has just gone too far with, with no sort of bump uh, yeah. from Nintendo that it just feels like bringing it back now would be the biggest head scratcher of all time. It, it would not come back. Yeah. I, I, I no. can like almost put a stamp of like certainty that Kirby air ride will never come to a console and Kirby spinoffs in general. They, they don't really, they don't go back to them once they're done. I mean, th- there's been so many different spinoffs. Like there's been Kirby pinball, there's Kirby golf, Kirby, like little fighting games, the, the, the platformers, I think we'll continue to see those, like the Return to Dreamlands, the Epic Yarns, the, the Rainbow Curses, and, and whatever else. Um, the, those will come out like clockwork every couple of years, one for every console for the mm-hmm. most part. But these spinoffs, I, I think that we're just going to keep seeing interesting little versions of Kirby in different, uh, different uh, you know, environments and yeah. outfits, if you will. And that's totally fine. The other place that I see Kirby's Air Ride rearing its head is Mario Kart, because I think yeah. there's a definitely a place for him in a Mario Kart Nine or whatever it becomes, because with Link being in uh, mm-hmm. Mario Kart Eight and Animal Crossing characters, it feels very natural that Kirby will be the next person to go in there, and um, you're gonna have Mario Kart getting closer and closer to a Smash kind of roster in terms mm-hmm. of having it from all these different Nintendo IPs, and it would be amazing. I would love that. Imagine having Kirby on all his vehicles. In, yeah. in in uh in Mario Kart, it makes total sense for me. 
It does, and we're, we're, we're so close to Mario Kart just becoming Nintendo Kart in some way. Like, we have Link there now, and we have the F-Zero Karts are there now, and yeah. Mario Kart's always been there, so they're, they're a fraction of a second away from just being Nintendo's racing game of, of some kind. And Kirby courses, I mean, from this game we've talked about, they're very short, yeah. but they could definitely extend them. Like, you can sort of maybe transition from one world to the next. We didn't even talk about the uh, the courses in, in great detail. Um, but, uh, there's, I think eight or nine in the entire game and you can definitely launch between them almost like an animal crossing where you go between seasons, Mm -hmm. do something like that for Kirby and change the controls around. So it's not just holding a and, uh, and the joystick around to boost. But you know, with this, with Kirby air ride, I started off this podcast actually thinking that air ride is one of the weakest GameCube exclusives. Um, that there is, and I didn't really actually like it, to be honest, but this week I found myself going back to it over and over, like after work I, at night, I was playing the game on repeat, just trying to get the, uh, get some of the challenges unlocked and, and trying to get better times. And, you know, it, I can see how people wouldn't like it and it's, and it's empty and everything, but the game quickly became like, you know, probably in my top 20 favorite GameCube games, like, which is pretty good. Like I can definitely see how there's an argument that this game could be in someone's top 10 GameCube games even like like there's enough enjoyment out of City Trials like Jake said with his with his multiplayer experiences and and my my experiences with the, the single player mode on Air Ride itself um mm-hmm. like there is enough in there if you look for it you just have to be willing to put in the work and look for it which is it's a lot to ask of uh, of gamers especially nowadays yeah it was a game that no one asked for no one expected no one really liked but it's it's something that has grown on I think a lot of people and uh, has a lot in there if you're willing to look for it. Definitely. Now, Mike, the the big question of the day, do you recommend that collectors nowadays pick up Kirby's Air Ride? It's a tough call. This might be mm. actually one of the toughest calls that we've had to make for any game. And it really depends what you're looking for. Um, my, my gut answer would be yes. Do pick this up because anything Kirby is going to always be high in value. It's never going to go down in value in terms of a physical copy. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know if it's a hundred dollars, you know that's pricey for sure. But yep. if you're a collector, it's I think it's the only Kirby game on the GameCube. It's an important piece of history. I I think you should pick it up. I I tend to agree. I mean, a hundred dollars does sound like a lot. I think when I picked up this game, it was closer to fifty or sixty. So it's doubled in price in the last few years. I, I probably bought it two or three years ago. So it's wild how much it's gone up in price, actually. But if you're a GameCube collector and you're a Kirby collector at the same time, I think that 100 bucks is probably actually not that bad when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be the most expensive Kirby game you buy, but if $100 is the most expensive game you buy for your collection, you're doing okay. Uh, and if you have the multiplayer you know, friends around to play the multiplayer modes with you, the game is definitely worth it, and I think that you can get enough enjoyment out of it to justify spending no more than $100 on the game. Um, like it, it looks good. It ages very well. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Your graphics are fine. Yeah, yeah. Graphics are, are very good, and you know the menus are are modern even by today's standards. So I would recommend people pick it up. I mean, like I said just before, it it became actually one of my more favorite games on the GameCube, and it's a game unlike any other that you're going to get on PS2 or Xbox. So yeah, it's another one of those GameCube uh, exclusive experiences that you won't get anything. Nothing's cloned it since then really. And it's no wonder why, but it just makes it a little bit better in that sense that it is a game that does work. Like the, the mechanics do work. It's not like that. It's a broken game. So definitely if you can, if you can find it at a decent price, I'd highly recommend picking it up. Agreed. Agreed. 
Agreed indeed. But Mike, uh, why don't you let the listeners know what they can expect next week on episode 49 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. We're getting very close to 50. We're getting very close to number 50. I know we have more episodes. So like when it when you actually look at our list of episodes, I think there's like 57 or something, mm-hmm. uh, whoever, how, however many there are right now. But uh, we have 50 mainline episodes. Correct. We're, we're going for 50 mainline episodes uh, in in May for our one year anniversary of doing this podcast. Um, so yeah, that's that's why it's that number. <laughs> yeah, it's but, confusing for the Apple Podcast listeners, I think the most. Yes, oh probably yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, yes. Uh, episode forty nine is next week, and that's going to be all about racing games. But wait, Neil, we just did racing games. <laughs> we did, but for some reason, Kirby's Air Ride is it a racing game? i mean yes yes it is a racing game of course but there are a ton of other racing games on the gamecube that we need to lump together but mike we've already done the burnout games on gamecube and a few other racing games so what's going to be the theme of this of next week's racing game episode it's gonna be a lot of kind of fun games silly games i guess you can call it so hot wheels uh those uh, that game that's on Hot Wheels Velocity X, which is on the GameCube. Uh, there's also a couple others like Hot Wheels World Race, uh, Tonka Rescue Patrol. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's the Road Trip Arcade Edition. So a lot of uh, and Pac-Man World Rally also, uh, which is actually okay. a fun game. Uh, but so a lot of fun, you know, kind of not kiddish games per se, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, they're not really like the realistic uh, racing games like Burnout and Need for Speed, which we will cover eventually, the Need for Speed racing games. We're kind of trying to keep... There are so many racing games on GameCube, (laughs) and we had to categorize them in a specific way. You want to talk about 40 at a time? Oh, God. We could, but uh, no. So I'm really excited to talk about Hot Wheels in general, because uh, I love Hot Wheels, of course. So it's going to be a fun episode, and uh, really looking forward to uh, to covering some of those games. Really looking forward to busting out my Hot Wheels. Ooh, yeah. Bust out. I'll bust out something else for you. But until then, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, thank you for listening to episode 48 of the GameCube School podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the podcast services. Leave us ratings and reviews so we can make the show better. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. We are The GameCube Was Cool. Follow us on Instagram. We are at The GameCube Pod. Share us with your friends and family. Tell King DDD, Mike says hi. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. Hi! That's Kirby sucking up things. GameCube. Over 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. The product of what happens when you think inside the box. Game.